to the Gambling Gauchos, part of the Stake in the Plains content network and the Dave Campbell's Republic of Football podcast feed. Just a couple of casino caballeros talking Texas Tech, betting on the Big 12 and beyond. Now, here's Kyle Jacobson and Rob Bro live from the Cardinal Sports Center studio. Welcome into the Gambling Gauchos. I'm Rob Bro. He's Kyle Jacobson. Texas Tech won some baseball games this weekend. They're riding high. They lost one, but it's okay. If you want to gear up for, I don't know, the Big 12 tournament, go to Cardinals. We're in the Cardinals Sports Center studio. You can also gear up for some Lubbock Matadors gear. They just played their first game. They won 2-1. to one. Talked massive amounts of uh, encouragement to the other team. It was wonderful. I loved it. They're feisty. They did this a lot. They, they, I think they were even doing the fiddle at one point. It was amazing. Uh, so uh, I'll have to talk to them on the coaches show there on Facebook this next Tuesday about that. So a wonderful time. Go gear up at Cardinals, mycardinalsports.com or in person right outside the loop. You can even uh, maybe get some new Gauchos merch soon. We're working on it. We're also part of the Republic of Football podcast feed with Dave Campbell's. Uh, Kyle, how you doing, man? Good. How are you? Sorry, you were doing something. I finally went to you, and I went right when you were texting somebody, I think. All good. All right. <laughs> it's all good, baby, baby. So uh, you just popped in, and we started. We didn't talk at all, really. I had you test your mic. Um, what are we talking about today? Big 12 baseball regular season recap, tournament preview, because that starts on Wednesday, I believe. Okay. And then if you want to talk a little bit of branding and merch, I feel like we've been trying to get to that for a couple episodes. And if we have time, if we go an hour on baseball, we can holster that because it's not very time sensitive. But uh, I think that's about all for now. I would also like for you to explain the Big Ten story to me like I'm five. Oh, I don't know anything about it. I just saw the headline and oh. – Quote tweeted to bring a few teams home. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to read it later then. Yeah. Um, Apparently that yeah, TV they, deal is still not completed. I yeah, I guess I only saw that the NBC part, which is their kind of the Big Ten's version of Sunday Night Football. Obviously not on Sunday, but they want to yeah. have it kind of mirror the NFL style broadcast. Apparently that's not done yet. But they're, they're but they've announced the first game on NBC. Like Penn State is hosting West Virginia. Yeah. On September second or whatever it is. At 7.30. You froze for a second. I'm sorry. Oh. Did I do? Yeah, you froze. Thanks. See, I would have known otherwise unless you communicated that. My man froze. He hasn't moved in 40 minutes. All right, let's start with Big 12 baseball. Uh, Three champions, Texas, West Virginia, and Oklahoma State after the sweep of West Virginia from Texas – and Oklahoma State doing their business there against Oklahoma. Yes. And the Kansas State and TCU had a significant series. And Kansas and Texas Tech had a significant series in some ways. 
Uh, OU falling below 500 in Big 12 play. Texas Tech finishing 500. TCU a game above. The Kansas State RPI is the worst of the teams eligible, I think, for the tournament. But you're really in fifth place RPI-wise in the Big 12. Does that worry you? Aren't you sixth? Oh, oh, you is ahead of you. Yes, you're sixth. It's a little worrying, yeah. I mean, I think an RPI in the 30s, you would feel good about an at-large. But once you're in the 40s, I feel like you are leaving yourself at the mercy of the committee. And I'm not, I'm not complaining about that. I mean, everything is earned. And really, uh, I don't think you could have – I think you had a fairly low ceiling RPI-wise just based on the Big 12 being down and you didn't have a great non-conference schedule. But it was really a few bad losses that tanked your RPI and lowered your floor. And so you wouldn't have moved up super high by winning all of these games, but really had you not lost one or two of a game at New Mexico where you led, I think, into the ninth inning and lost – if you don't lose at home to North Dakota State and you don't lose at home to the two worst teams in the conference, you, you're probably RPI 39 or better. And, yeah, you're a three seed, but we're not really sweating it going into the conference tournament or selection Sunday, whereas now I do think maybe some results in Arlington are going to matter one way or the other. And I'm not going to feel – I think even if you won three games in Arlington, I wouldn't feel super great about selection Sunday. I mean, unless your RPI really moves up by – six, eight, ten spots, I'm going to be sweating it on Selection Sunday, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, people have been talking about that. Some people think you're already in. Some people think the Big 12 tournament doesn't matter at all. Uh, I generally agree with that, but you're so far on the bubble. It doesn't matter when you're not on the bubble. You know, it, it, it doesn't matter if you're trying to host. They probably already have the host teams lined out. But that three line, the four line... The, the team that's going to automatically get in because they win the tournament, uh, that's the stuff that matters on conference tournament weekend. And if Kansas gets hot this weekend and wins the Big 12 tournament, you're not getting in. So the Big 12 tournament matters. I mean, that's just the bottom line at this point. Now, there are some weird... Past the RPI, there are some weird metrics that they use... They'll look at non-conference record. You have the best out of TCU and Oklahoma, but it's also the worst strength of schedule. They look at strength of schedule. You have a 47 strength of schedule after Big 12 play total. Non-con is like 115 or something. So you, you have some metrics that you're better at Oklahoma and TCU with, but you also have some that are just way worse. And if you're in the tournament... I think it's because you're Texas Tech, and that's kind of an un, un that's kind of a new feeling as well. Yeah, I think there'll be certainly a team that has a better RPI than you that gets left out. Like I was looking at potential host seeds, and there's like there's a few teams that have a top fifteen RPI, top sixteen RPI that don't have a prayer at hosting. One because they're not from a big conference, and they've probably successfully manipulated the RPI formula by pitching their ace in the midweek and things like that. But yeah, somebody's going to be like, I think it was NC state last year. I could be way off here, but I think they were RPI, I don't know, 32. And they were, I think the first team out, maybe that was two years ago. I can't remember. 
so yeah, if you do make it at RPI 46, which I think is your RPI right now, it changes after pretty much every single game goes final. Um, yeah, somebody's going to be RPI 35 and left out and be like, what's the deal? Like we had a harder strength of schedule. We had a winning record in conference play. So yeah, I, I certainly don't think it's a lock. I, I think right now my feeling is like 60% shot that you're in, 40% that you're out. And so that's kind of a cop-out because that's almost a coin flip. I'm leaning toward you're on the right side of the bubble, especially if you can win one in Arlington against probably a you know solid to good RPI team. Then I think you should be okay, but by no means is it certain, and I would not be surprised at all if you're on the outside looking in. I do want to wrap up the Big 12 regular season for Texas Tech specifically, but uh, let's just look ahead at the Big 12 tournament a little bit too. If you're watching on Twitter – and you're sending comments. We don't see those, by the way. So if you're on Twitter, thank you for watching. Uh, we'll absolutely see those views later. It's nice to see. But if you want to comment, come over to the YouTube stream at youtube.com slash at gambling gauchos. It's also one of our top tweets. Uh, the link there. Uh, Kyle, the Big 12 tournament, you're going down there. It's in Arlington. Nothing will be delayed because everything uh, can be played under a roof. Uh, so unless somebody plays 17 innings or whatever else, you're going to get all these games in. Uh, how important is it to play West Virginia and then maybe another, let's say, Texas or Oklahoma State and win two of those just pure RPI-wise? You say West Virginia and then Texas or Oklahoma State? Yeah. Well, you're not on the same side as... Right, but getting two of those games in. Even if it's oh. in the championship game. I mean, obviously, if you win it, just getting two of those games in somehow. Maybe a maybe a win against West Virginia, then lose, and then play somebody in the losers bracket. Whatever it is, getting all the way and, and trying to find a way to win two of those games. Yeah, it should help, and that's where silver lining. West Virginia is the highest RPI team in the Big Twelve, and so you get them. Of course, you want to beat them. It's going to be a, a tall task, but even if you lose that game. Uh, then you go to the loser side of the bracket where you're probably playing. Um, would it be the it would be the loser of Oklahoma State versus OU, correct? I believe so. Hopefully, you can at least go one for two in that stretch. But either way, you're playing an RPI top. I think OU is 38, and so no matter which two opponents you get out of those three in your first two games, you're going to be playing two top 38 RPI teams. If you win one, I think you have to feel pretty good. If you go for two, it should at least help your strength of schedule, but that's where you're like, okay, we didn't get any positive results here. And not sure what that would do to the RPI. Um, but, yeah, so a silver lining that, in a way, I mean, I, I think at this point I view West Virginia, Texas, and Oklahoma State as roughly equal. Now, you got swept by Texas in Austin. You won two out of three against Oklahoma State. So maybe you'd rather play the Pokes, but – Getting the highest RPI of those three teams in your first matchup, I think, is good. And that's where, backtracking a little bit here to the end of the regular season, Texas, not only big winner in terms of the sweep and earning themselves a share of the conference title, they now get the one seed based on those tiebreakers. And so they get a cakewalk against Kansas. I mean, at least comparatively. I think one through seven, there's a lot of parity in the Big 12 and anybody could beat anybody. And so that top seed on the tiebreaker, they get Kansas in the first round. So that sets Texas up really well to be sitting 1-0 and and on the right side of their side of the bracket. 
and where West Virginia, Oklahoma State, I'm sure are punching air that they couldn't win one more this weekend to get the conference title outright and also get the easier first-round game in the tournament. If you win on Wednesday night against West Virginia, you'll play at 7.30 again the next day. If you lose, you'll turn around and have to play at 12.30 p.m. in the afternoon. Again, I would assume the roof is closed just because that's how they've done the, the last couple college tournaments there. But that could be dicey. Playing until 10, 10.30, and then getting right up and playing again. Who do you think pitches first? If you're setting up for a regional and you played Thursday, Friday, Saturday this week, would you save Mason Molina and pitch a bullpen day the first day? Would you go Jacob Rogers? Would you go Rogers free maybe and try to get through and then Beckel on no, Wednesday? No, I'd pitch Molina. Pitch Molina on Wednesday? Yep. Yeah, I think so too. Especially against West Virginia. He's the one that beat West Virginia. Uh, you just won that matchup. And West Virginia, theoretically, thinks they're hosting, even though they just got swept. Uh, maybe they want to knock that flavor out of their mouth. But Well, I, I take that back. I would start Bo Blessy, knowing that's out of the realm of possibility. If I'm putting on my Tim Tadlock goggles, I'm pretty sure he's going to start Molina. I think that's what he should do. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, with, the, with this past year, he's been a Thursday through Saturday. He's a, he was already on one-day short rest versus what's typical, so – think he can do that again and yeah West Virginia I feel like they just needed one one game to be Big 12 outright champs one game to probably feel really good about hosting but now they're outside that top 16 RPI I think they were 19 last I looked and they've got to be sweating it now and I they still get a trophy they still get to claim their Big 12 champs but it seemed like a certainty that they would host and now I think all three Stillwater Morgantown and Austin are probably roughly equal to host and there might only be one spot for a Big 12 team this year. And going back to certain logos getting the benefit of the doubt, we already saw Kendall Rogers from D1 Baseball. He goes, oh, Texas has a great shot to host. Now it's like they haven't been in the host conversation yeah. all year. They sweep one home series, and all of a sudden it's like, well. Here. So that it's aggravating. The same thing they did last year. They got a national seed when they weren't really on that radar for most of the year. But, hey, when you win 84 conference championships or whatever they have, you – start to get the benefit of the doubt. The RPI, according to Warren Nolan, I think you're quoting the D1 baseball RPI. The Warren Nolan RPI is 20 Oklahoma State, 21 West Virginia, and then Texas is at 23. OU 36, TCU 38, Texas Tech 44, uh, Kansas State 53. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to move up or down a couple every yeah. hour of every day during the conference tournament. So. Yeah, that's the live one. Yeah. So if I gave you one win against West Virginia, would you take it or roll the dice? I'd probably take it. I think that would be a strong RPI win. And it would keep you from, like, the only benefit to playing four, five, six games in the Big 12 tournament is if you win the whole thing. Yes. And so if you gave me that one win against the best team RPI-wise, uh, or maybe they're off by a spot or two now. But if you gave me that win, I would feel good about Selection Sunday getting into the field and then say, okay, even if we lose the other two, let's save those arms for the regional onward and upward because I, I don't think you're going to win the whole thing. And so that to me, that's the only advantage to rolling the dice is if you feel like you can win you know, four or five games. And I just don't see that happening. 
And I also believe you are one and five in Arlington. In this, in Globe Life. I'm pretty sure you went 0 for 3 the first year you were there. And then you walked off Michigan and lost twice last year. Maybe to Auburn and Arizona. Yeah, and then you went 1 and 2 in the Big 12 tourney. So I guess you were 2 and 4 there last year. Oh, was it in Arlington last year too? Yeah. That's right. That's right. I think so, you beat Kansas so State, two... then lost to OU, then lost to Kansas State. So you're two and two and seven in Globe Life Field. Yeah, it's not a it's not a ballpark conducive to how you typically win games in Lubbock, which is yeah. hitting the ball over the fence a lot. <laughs> kind of harder to do there. Of course, the Rangers with the door open have been hitting a bunch of home runs this year. Uh, maybe the doors will be open and it's perfect weather, and you. You get some shots into the jet stream. That would be awesome. I would love for them to play with the doors open. Uh, yeah. They generally just do tournaments with the roof closed. That's just how it's been. Roof, door, whatever it is. So I'm going to flip the hypothetical back to you. If I gave you one win against West Virginia in the opener and then two losses against whoever, would you take it or roll the dice? I think I would roll the dice because I think you need more. Um, I don't think you're in right now. I, I've been very pro in the tournament this whole time. That loss to Kansas was not good. And what happened the rest of this weekend with West Virginia not winning was also not good for Texas Tech. You needed an outright conference tournament champion because you needed a host. Or you needed Oklahoma to win the last one, so it, would, it was only Texas and West Virginia as champions. Because then I think you have two automatic hosts – you're not getting three Big 12 hosts. So I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, but I would roll the dice. If you could lose to West Virginia and then win two against somebody else, I would be, I, I think I'd be more apt to that. Because if you lose to West Virginia, your RPI is not going down. Theoretically. Depending on what else happens. So here's the other question for the Big 12 tournament and beyond. Should you make it beyond? Let's assume that Tadlock does what he normally does, which is keep the same order of starting pitchers in the postseason as he had in the regular season. Molina would pitch game one of the Big 12 tournament. He would pitch game one of a regional. Trenton Parrish has solidified himself as your game two or Saturday starter. I don't know if we have received an update on his injury. It seemed like in the moment it was not something he was going to come back from in a couple weeks. So you would need not only his replacement, but then if you bump somebody up from Sunday, you need a third starter, uh, at least for the first kind of three games of a regional or a Big 12 tournament. Who do you think starts game two and game three going forward? I would assume you slide up Zane Petty. Um, Brendan Gurton has started a bunch of games for you this year. I, I don't think that he has done enough to get back in that rotation. Um, could you start free? He's certainly stretched out. Kyle Robinson, I think, would be one of the next names out of the pen. Uh, and then Jacob Rogers. I think Jacob Rogers has pitched really well in his opportunities. Just gave up a couple of hits to Oklahoma that were bad. Um, but yeah, I would go Robinson, Free, Rogers, one of those three. 
Now, I was calling a high school baseball game, and I did not see. Uh, can you explain the the parish injury? Was it a shoulder? You you held your shoulder. Yeah, but before I do, Rahino Barbecue has the best barbecue in West Texas. Check them out online at Rahino BBQ. Order ahead, RahinoBBQ.com. They're based out in Olton, Texas. You can go to home base out there or find them in their mobile food truck going all across West Texas. Everything's good. You can't miss no matter what you order. Shout out to our friends at Rahino Barbecue. Yeah, it looked like he was holding his left shoulder. And I, I was in and out all weekend, so I, I saw different spurts. I listened to the radio on di- in different spurts. And so I, I'm not exactly sure what happened, but he was he was struggling a little bit. And then, yeah, came off the mound, uh, didn't return, obviously. And it was I, – I guess my initial reaction at the moment was they were pulling him because, you know, there's a lot of base runners and it just wasn't going that well. But then it seemed like he was holding his left shoulder – and um, yeah, I, I, unless I missed it, I don't think there was a, an update immediately in the post game. And he had, I think, an elbow last year. Yes. So anyway, anytime a pitcher gets tight like that, I just my mind always, unfortunately, goes to the worst case scenario, and I never think, oh, well, he'll probably be back out for his next start. Like that's sort of the exception to the rule. And so I'm just guessing here. I'm, it's total speculation, but I just sort of assumed when I saw it, like, okay, we're probably not going to have him for the postseason. Maybe not for the Big 12 tournament, at least. At least. And, of who, course, I'd love to be wrong. Who would you start? I would start Zane Petty. I think, well, again, I would start Bo Blessy, but uh, working within the confines of reality here. Yeah. I think Zane Petty – he was drafted in the 12th or 13th round out of high school for a reason. He has the stuff. He doesn't have the experience, but he has had some good outings down the stretch here. And I know Kansas isn't the best roster in the Big 12, but he looked really good, five scoreless innings. And I, I just don't know what other options you have. I mean, yeah, you can try Kyle Robinson or Brendan Gurton, two guys that have looked more comfortable out of the bullpen all year. I, it seems like the way you've been using Ryan free out of the bullpen, he goes sort of long relief one day per series, and you're not trying to pitch him multiple times in a series. I would still tinker with that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess in an ideal world, I would I would do Blessy as an opener in game two and then have free come on for four or five innings after that and then try to hold on innings eight and nine. Yeah. And then I would throw Zane Petty game three. And then if, if you make it past game three of a regional, kind of go from there with Tabor Fast, Rogers, Robinson, whoever's available, Girton. But I think that's probably how I would do it. I mean, that's it, – it would be really tough to put Ryan Free in that spot say, hey, make your first career start in the Big 12 tournament or in the regional. But he's a lot of times on Saturdays the guy pitching the most pitches, the most innings anyway. And so either find him an opener and just say, hey, get through the order one time for us or – Maybe let him try his hand at starting. Maybe he could go five or six innings. I don't know. He has before. He has before. It was at uh, in Norman. Yeah, he's electric in five innings. Struck out like nine or ten in five yeah. innings or something like that, and it only took him sixty something pitches, I think, if I recall. And he seems like a rise to the moment guy. I think so. So I I don't know. Um, I, I think Kyle Robinson has looked good too. He was he started the season as your day one starter, so. I don't know. I'll be curious there, but I'll, I'll say this. I was thinking this this weekend. 
um, maybe even before the Parrish injury, but certainly after it. I think as far as one individual on this team, Zane Petty is probably the most important guy in terms of your postseason chances. Like Molina, you he's as close as you have to a reliable starter that that's on this team. After that, without Parrish, there's like nobody that's really consistently slotted in on Saturday or Sunday. And like I said, the potential is clearly there with Zane Petty. The stuff is there. If if we do find ourselves in a regional and he's pitching game two, it's either to get you to 2-0, and o, which is huge, or to avoid elimination. And so he's going to have to be at his best. And I think that you've got plenty of depth throughout the lineup. You've got guys that can play multiple positions in the infield and the outfield. What you don't have is a ton of experience, reliable starting pitching. I think he's the most important guy on this roster going forward. I can get behind that. I can. And you need him because he's now your second starter. And, and that sounds crazy because Gavin Cash has 55 home runs or whatever. But, like, if I pose it to you this way and I said, hey, Gavin Cash will either go off in the regional or Zane Petty will throw six innings of really good starting pitching in game two of the regional, which one would you take? The pitching. You can't yeah. you can't win if they score 17. Exactly. And yeah. and you've and you've got other bats. Like if Cash goes 0 for 4, that's not ideal, of course. But you've got plenty of other guys that can go yard, they can hit doubles, they can get on base. You want that. I don't know if you need it, but like you need starting pitching. Yeah, and three let's say you play three big toe tournament games and there are 13 guys who get at bats, and you have three starters. So if 33% of your starters suck. Like, that's that's just the math there, right? Because uh, cash in thirteen batters is a much smaller percentage. Yeah, even and, and I don't. I, I think this would be the case anyway. But since you're only guaranteed two games in Arlington, Zane Petty needs to start one of those two games, and it probably wouldn't be game one on the short rest. But if we're gearing up for postseason play, and he's going to be one of your starters in the regional, he needs more innings under his belt. He needs more experience. And so he's got to pitch game two in Arlington, I would think. Yeah. Unless you go 1-0 and out of the gates and you know you're guaranteed two more. But he needs to throw another 75-plus pitches in Arlington this week. Unless Parrish is ready. I mean, yeah, even then, yeah. if you get to a game three, it needs to be petty. Right. Agreed. All right. Uh, I think I do want to do a big recap of the regular season, but I, I think we should wait a week. Or do you want to do it right now? Because I, I think this Big Twelve tournament makes sense in the. I think we could do a season recap instead of just a regular season recap. Yeah, let's wait and see what our postseason fate is and go from there. Because it certainly would. Cause, yeah, because you could do that during the uh, selection Sunday show and then look back and look ahead. Because if you miss the tournament, it's a much different recap. In my sure. opinion. Yep. All right, you want to get to uh, some branding? Yeah, let's do it. You're a big brand guy. I love the brand. What uh, what brands do you want to talk about? Well, there's been a lot of noise. So the offseason is good for two things. Realignment chatter and should we dump Under Armour and go to Nike chatter. Um, I think it was resurfaced that Texas Tech's current agreement with Under Armour expires next summer. So 2024 going into the all-new Big 12 after Texas and OU are gone and you're settled with, we think, 12 teams, but who knows. 
Cincinnati just made the move to Jumpman, which I know their fan base was really excited about. And this is something Texas Tech fans, I think, have been a little bit polarized on for a while. Some people love the Under Armour gear. Some people hate it. Um, some people really like that Under Armour pays you a little money, whereas if you were with Nike, you'd basically be buying your uniforms from them or, or breaking even at the very best. Some people love Adidas. Some people hate Adidas. A lot of people hate Adidas. <laughs> yeah. And I, I like your throwback uniforms. I hate your base uniforms with Under Armour, and I have for the last – 10 years like ever since cliff got here yes um and he, he honestly even before that like i know we have fond memories of the leech days i don't love those Harold and crabtree era unis either <laughs> i've just not ever been a big under armor fan so anyway it got the wheels turning like what would be best and first off let me preface this by saying some people are listening to like who cares like some people might not even know that you wear under armor they're like whatever you know who cares what you wear when you go out there this matters a little bit from a financial standpoint because right now you are paid a little bit of money. I think it's like $3 million to go with Under Armour. Whereas if you switch to Nike or Adidas, you're probably – that goes to zero. But the kids, it really matters to them. Like it's, they're big on, oh, we love Nike, we love Adidas, we hate Under Armour, whatever. And ultimately, those are the guys that wind up filling your roster and kind of matter the most. Uh, it matters the most what they think. So I'm not terribly particular on Under Armour versus Nike versus Adidas for my own. Like if you gave me a Nike polo versus an Adidas polo, I'd probably view them equally. But, you know, it's like if you saw the movie Air and, you know, these guys go with these shoe deals, it matters a lot to the players. And it's also the middle of the offseason. And so unless this is a strictly baseball podcast, we need to talk about something. So maybe people don't care, but that's why we're discussing it. It makes way too much sense in the football world to wear the MVP logo on your chest. If you don't know, that's kind of the Matrick, Matrick Mahomes, Matrick, the Matrick Mahomes uh, brand, the MVP. I guess it's Patrick LeVon Mahomes. So you have a V in there, but it is kind of a silly logo <laughs> it looks kind of like a spartan face it's not great but you have jordan right cincinnati just bought in to be the jump man uh oklahoma michigan north carolina i think all wear the jump man in football um i posited a couple of weeks ago that you should go with lebron just wear lebron stuff put, put the king james logo i know everyone would hate it but you'd be the only team doing it and if well, you just said if kids love it, where's the sense in that? Like we could change our school colors to pink and teal. It would look stupid, but we're the only ones doing it. We'll be just recruiting. Kids love LeBron, man. <laughs> hey, he's the goat. Uh, but it would make even more sense to put Patrick Mahomes on all your stuff. Is that too much? Maybe, but you just put him in the ring of honor. Go with Adidas partner with Mahomes they're not cutting Adidas anytime soon. They're not cutting Patrick Mahomes anytime soon. Adidas. Uh, the jerseys are too tight. So, <laughs> that's the thing I see a lot. Oh, they have tight jerseys. They look they look like uh, little kids. Uh, A&M has Adidas. I don't care. You wouldn't be Adidas branded. You'd be Mahomes branded. And you would work with him all the time. And he would wear Texas Tech Adidas gear all the time. It would be the, the easiest, simplest 
most no-brainer move ever. Well, I don't like Adidas. I don't care. Do you like Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> you can tell them what to make the jersey. They don't have to design the jersey. You can say, hey, we want this. We want these stripes. We want these colors. Don't screw it up, and we're going to size everyone up a size. Okay, says Jordan played against plumbers. LeBron is my goat. I'm with you 100%. There's not a lot in this space that you can do to differentiate yourself. If you're Oregon and Phil Knight is an alumnus of your university, you can differentiate yourself. Yeah. If you're North Carolina and Michael Jordan, owner of the Air Jordan Jumpman logo, is an alumnus, you can differentiate yourself. I don't even know the guy who started Under Armour, but apparently he went to Maryland. They can differentiate themselves. Yeah. Besides that, unless you do want to go pink and teal or if Dion goes with, you know, Louie or Gucci at Colorado, I think he could differentiate himself. Yeah. But you have the best player who's ever played the game of football. He's an alumnus of your university and he has his own personal brand. I think you could do a lot worse than being Adidas adjacent and saying like, okay, Adidas is going to manufacture these, but with Mahomes' logo and being, for starters, the only school that is Mahomes' brand. And then if it evolves and four or five schools become Mahomes' brand, just like the Jumpman logo, you're still the flagship. Just like Maryland is the Under Armour flagship, Oregon is the Nike flagship, and so on. I don't really see a better way you can angle. Like, again, like you said, people might hate Adidas and, oh, I want a Nike polo. Okay, well, well that's great, but the trade-off for you being happier wearing a Nike polo does not surpass the added value of aligning yourself with the best player in the NFL. And if you go to Cardinals, you can still buy Nike polos and put a double T on there. <laughs> so I, I'm with you. I, I want to go Adidas, not because I love Adidas uniforms, not because I own a bunch of Adidas, but Patrick Mahomes, the best guy to ever play at your university, yeah. has a long-term deal with Adidas, and you could kind of be – what Michael Jordan is to UNC. I mean, he's Michael Jordan of football or trending that way right now. You could do a lot worse than being aligned with his personal brand and being on the same page with him and probably his largest um, merchandise apparel sponsor, you know, as far as any um, apparel deals that he has. Who was so, the first school to use the jump man? I mean, it had to be UNC, right? I think it was Michigan. Regardless, you would you would put UNC there as the the flagship, right? In Oklahoma. Yeah. If another school puts the Patrick Mahomes logo on their jersey before you do, it would be a travesty. It would be an absolute travesty. And I do want to speak to the people that say, well, we're a legacy Under Armour brand. They're not going to dump us. Dump them! Dump Under Armour. Under Armour is in the absolute tank. They don't make basketball shoes. I don't even think Steph Curry likes wearing the basketball shoes. Uh, some of your best players over the last three years, if you hadn't been paying attention, have been wearing Nike shoes. They certainly would wear Adidas if the opportunity presented itself. Uh, your basketball program hates Under Armour, in my opinion, or at least the stars do because they wear Nike shoes. None of the jerseys look good enough to say nobody else can make that uniform. They're bleeding schools. They're moving toward just selling singular pro people. 
Like Under Armour does not fit with your long-term identity in building up collegiate athletics. It just doesn't. Adidas does. Adidas makes more sense. Nike makes more sense. Under Armour makes the least amount of sense. Leave Under Armour. That's all I have to say on it. I'm with you. And you're right on their business strategy. They've dropped other teams and said, we're going to focus on individual athletes. If you're Nike or even Adidas by itself, you're just another school. If you're Mahomes, like that's a big deal. And there's not a bigger name in the sport of football. Like you're not going to recruit some kid like, oh, who's this guy? Like, what's this yeah. logo? Yeah. Um, I think it'd be a really good idea. I also think uh, I'm trying to look right now. I might have his name wrong, but there was a gentleman. Oh, okay. So here's where I'm going with this. When uh, when Kirby Hocutt was AD at Miami, they were Adidas. They might still be Adidas. And a gentleman named Tony Hernandez was one of his assistant ADs. And one of his main roles at Miami was to manage the relationship with Adidas. Uh-huh. I was looking to see if he was still with Texas Tech, and apparently um, he just moved on in January of this year. Well – I think he does work for like a bunch of universities now. Yeah. I think he went into like consulting or something Yeah, for college athletic departments. So anyway, I was going to say you, you'd have a connection there and maybe he'd still be willing to facilitate that in some respect, but yeah, I, um, or even when, when Darian Williams committed the basketball transfer from Nevada, his graphic had, the Air Jordan with the big Nike logo in the background on his his commitment edit. So like it matters to these yeah guys. And every week during football season when we posted the uniform rankings, this one guy would hop in our replies and be like, How could an Under Armour jersey possibly be better than a Nike? And I was like, I'm not looking at the logos. I'm just looking at, you know, is the jersey, is the helmet cool? And so some people are like very it matters to them the brand that's on it, even if the logo itself isn't super visible. They just think Under Armour is not cool. Nike is really cool. And I guess Adidas is somewhere in the middle. But you could differentiate yourself. You could align with Mahomes, keep him involved, and kind of be Adidas adjacent. And I think that's far and away the best move for you. Tad Even if said, it doesn't pay a bunch of money. Tad says, I can already see Kyle buying all the Adidas Texas Tech quarter zips. If you had Mahomes crossover merch with Texas Tech, and Mahomes came out with a red and black slate of merch. How many people would buy that? Everybody. I mean, for Adidas, it makes sense monetarily. People would well, buy Mahomes, that. Mahomes at the Final Four, you remember he had to put a piece of tape yes. across his chest because he was wearing tech gear, so it was Under Armour. And so he did put a piece of tape covering the Under Armour logo because, like, that's how, obviously, as an Adidas athlete, he can't. You know, that's his biggest endorsement deal. That's the word I was looking for earlier, by the way. Um, he can't be wearing Under Armour, but he could be wearing Tech Gear all the time if it was Adidas or Mahomes brand. Another idea I saw that was that I thought was interesting, and I don't know how you would really work this because every school, I think, is on a different contract with Nike or Adidas or whoever, but would your mark be willing to kind of like package all the big 12 schools together and bid them out and say like Nike, Adidas, whoever – you can buy these in bulk and kind of align the entire conference with one brand. I don't know if that's a good idea or not, but I saw that kicked around either on 
Twitter or on the message boards. And who knows, maybe your Mark would get creative there. He's been creative in just about every other aspect of his job. Yeah. But I don't know if I want to share the Mahomes stuff. I, I think it'd be cool to be the only Mahomes school. Yeah, I think you should put that in the contract. Yeah, I'd be cool with that. In my opinion, I think the Jordan stuff gets cheaper every time somebody else does it. I mean, it was really cool for Oklahoma when it was only Oklahoma, but now it's Cincinnati and Oklahoma in the Big 12. That's not as cool. Um, Tech should go with Adidas as long as they don't do the goofy-looking jerseys that look too tight. I don't know if he was listening five minutes ago, but I feel I mean, like that. You have qualifies. the template for uniforms. Like, uh, go yeah. look at what you wore in the 1990s and just model it after that. Yes. Very simple stripes on the shoulder, little stripes on the pants. You mentioned Miami. Do the Miami uniform in, in red and black. Yes. It's that easy. It's I, that easy, guys. It's done. Change the colors. You don't need chevrons on the, on the shoulder here no. or guns up stripes. You don't need any of that. No. I feel like we should sue somebody for uh, sticking with Under Armour too long. Who would who would we go to for that? Barnett, Howard, and Williams. There was oh, speaking of contracts, I need to circle back. I thought this was apparel related, but it's not. Barnett, Howard, and Williams, bhwlawfirm.com. They were recently named the Gambling Gauchos number one law firm in the state of Texas. Very prestigious list to top. I'm sure, they've won other awards, but none as meaningful as that they handle all kinds of cases criminal defense catastrophic injury one of the only law firms in texas certified for title nine student litigation they hope you never need them but three texas tech grads are in your corner if you do barnett howard and williams bhwlawfirm.com you remember when chris peterson left boise state finally for washington and part of his contract was that if he left for a power five university they had to schedule Boise State for a home and home. Uh huh. When Joey gets another contract extension next offseason, write it in there that if he goes to an in state school, they have to schedule you for a 50 year home and home, 25 and 25. <laughs> that way, look, go to UT or AM if you want. If you win 11 games here and one of those schools comes knocking and we just can't yeah. pony up the cash or whatever, you're fine. Playing us. But you're playing us in the non con until. Our grandkids are watching. Beautiful. I love it. Do you think he would sign that? Like, he doesn't care, right? Yeah, he doesn't care. I'm sure a bunch of lawyers would be involved to get it thrown out when he, if he does ever leave, but. (laughs) Try. I mean, as soon as y'all are done with the ACC grant of rights, try and nullify that. And like, either he's staying and he doesn't care, or if he wants to leave that badly, then it's like, well, then put Texas Tech on the schedule. And yeah, because I think that's still a big uncertainty in the new Big 12 is like, will you get to play? Texas or a and I said get to. Some people would say have to. And I think that's really unknown. I don't know if I want to play Texas, maybe a and But, I mean, it can't hurt to have a school like that. Or 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 list a bunch of schools explicitly. So, like, if you leave to Notre Dame or Ohio State or USC, 50-year home-and-home with Texas Tech. And if you want to go, go. But, like, we're playing the Trojans till kingdom yeah. come. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Are you ready for the Diversified Lenders mailbag? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, diversified Lenders, we don't know what they do, but they're the best at it. Father, father and son duo of Red Raiders. Uh, turn your accounts receivable into cash. Diversifiedlenders.com. 
All right. You can only attend one game next year. Which one would you go to? This is Texas Tech football, I believe. Oh, probably the Orange Bowl or wherever we wind up. The Sugar Bowl? Yeah. No, I think I think Oregon. I think that would be cool. Like, yeah. n- not, not a shot at any of our conference opponents, but you'll get to see them again and or you've seen them before. But Oregon coming to Lubbock, I think, is a pretty big deal, especially if they are top 10, top 15. I, I, I'm really eager to go to some of the away games too, especially with our new Big 12 brethren. But again, that could wait for another year. Oregon probably not coming back coming back to Lubbock ever again unless it's part of the the big Pacific eighteen or whatever. Unless Joey goes there. Yeah, that's right. Uh I would probably say in Austin, if I can only pick one, because that's your last time maybe potentially for a while as well. So UT is your Super Bowl? Yes. Always has been. Rent free. Power rank your top three sports movies. Oh. Good question. Um, I'm just going to talk through it a little bit. So these aren't necessarily in order. Friday Night Lights would have to be on there. Man, that's a good question. I think Miracle has to be on there. Yeah. Rocky Four. Is that your favorite Rocky? Rocky Four? Yeah, I think so. It dies, it dies. <laughs> Avenging Apollo Creed. Probably would have liked it more if I was coming of age during the end of the Cold War. Well, I, I just named two Cold War movies. I wasn't even thinking that way. Big Cold Am War I missing guy. one that like really needs to be on there? I like Major League a lot. Major League's my favorite baseball movie. I'm I'm I I bet you and I don't have the same sports movie. Like I would go Mighty Ducks, Little Giants. I'm more of a comedy. The Goon is my favorite hockey movie. You know my stance on sports movies. Like I just watched today some guy who basically just like plays at a country club in Mission Viejo, California, plays fifteenth at the PGA championship, make a hole in one and play a round of golf with Roy McIlroy. He finished 15th. He gets to come back and play again next year. Unscripted live sports are better than scripted movies, even ones that are based on a true story. Yeah. And so, like, if I'm in the mood for sports, I'd rather just watch sports. Maybe a 30 for 30. And I don't know if we can count those in, as sports movies. But, I'd like, I don't know. A recap of Michael Orr's high school career, to me, is not as interesting as just watching an SEC football game. Yeah, I wouldn't go back and watch that one again. I don't think it holds up. So I'm not a big sports movie guy to begin with. I like sports movies. I like sports. That's the difference between me and you, Rob. I like sports too. I'm a sports guy. You're a sports movie guy. I watched uh, Champions recently with Woody Harrelson and the Special uh, Special Olympics basketball team. Never heard of it. He gets a DUI and has to go coach some – uh, Special Olympics, guys. Pretty good. Interesting. Uh, what fictional sports movie plot line would you like to see played out in real life? He says Eddie. Have you seen Eddie? I don't think so. <laughs> I think that's Whoopi Goldberg. I think to some extent, 
Um, geez, uh, Happy Gilmore. Yeah. If there were if there was a golfer who could drive it <laughs> 500 yards but couldn't putt, I would yeah. watch that. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm in on that. Uh, start bench cut these snacks: dots, pretzels, Cheez-Its, Bucky's, Beaver Nuggets. Cutting Beaver Nuggets. I don't know what a beaver nugget is. I'm cutting Cheez-Its. I'm still boycotting Cheez-Its. I'll never buy another Cheez-It product. <laughs> so I guess I'm starting and benching Dots pretzels. Dots pretzels are really good. I'll probably start that bench Cheez-Its cut of beaver nugget, whatever that is. I couldn't even tell you. Some puffy, crunchy thing from Bucky's. Start bench More cut. Of an chick- kind of guy. Yeah, same. No free ads. Big come and go guy. Uh, Starman's cut chicken strips, chicken fried steak, steak fingers. DQ. So off top, steak fingers are better than chicken fried steak because it's the same thing, but more breading. Right? Like more breading per square inch. That's not a bad thing. That's why the no free ads, why the chicken fried steak at Dirk's is so good. They're basically steak finger style. Yeah. What was your uh, chicken strips? Uh, so it depends. But without getting too in the weeds, let me let me start steak fingers, bench chicken strips, cut chicken fried steak. I would start chicken fried steak and bench uh, chicken strips. Do you want to hear a, a maybe funny story of uh, getting to know the gauchos? Yes. We're only at 49 minutes here. Yeah, so we got plenty of time. Figure we got time. So I reached a certain point in my life when I realized I wanted to marry the woman who's now my wife. Mm-hmm. And so in order to do that, I had to go ask for her family's blessing and permission. And like right before I did that, they lived in Waco at the time. So I had to spend a weekend making that trip. I went out to eat with my wife. I was dating at the time and I ordered chicken fried steak at a restaurant. And she was like visibly repulsed. She hates chicken fried steak. And I was like, what? Like, I don't get your beef with chicken fried steak. Like, it's a good food. It's not like a really out there kind of food. But she doesn't like chicken fried steak. I didn't know that about her after three years of dating until that that dinner. So anyway, I'm at lunch with her family trying to pop the question to them. Hang on one second. My laptop wasn't plugged in. Um, and my soon-to-be father-in-law, we're about to order at, at lunch. He goes, yeah, you know, I think I'm going to get the chicken fried steak. And his wife, my now mother-in-law, was like, Bill, she's like, you don't eat chicken fried steak. She was also repulsed by it. She doesn't like chicken fried steak either, I guess. And so to try to earn some favor with maybe the most important decision maker at the table. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do the chicken fried steak as well. So I tried to offer him some backup there and I ordered chicken fried steak in solidarity. So I, I still really like chicken fried steak. I have a sentimental attachment to it, but versus the other two options, I have no choice but to cut it. You went uh, double chicken fried steak there. Yeah. Is it the gravy? What like, do you mean is the, it the gravy? Why do they not like the chicken fried steak? Is it the gravy on top of it? They would they prefer it on the side? I think if they were going to order a steak, they would just want it, okay. you know, grilled like a normal steak. And Fair. if they wanted chicken fried something, they would want chicken or catfish or something. Fair. Uh, start bench cut, the 94 Rockets, the 05 Spurs, or the 11 Mavs? 
Oh, man. I'm starting the Rockets and benching the Mavs. Really? I'm probably starting the Spurs. Hakeem. Olajuwon was on. Actually, David Robinson was on my wall, too, growing up. How good do you have to be at basketball to be drafted ahead of Michael Jordan and then 20 years later at the end of your career, nobody really questions it? Yeah. I mean, like Sam, like Sam Bowie and the uh, Blazers got all that grief. Like, how do you draft this guy ahead of Michael Jordan? Nobody, nobody ever dinged the Rockets for drafting Hakeem the Dream. Well, they won too. Oh, yeah, but <laughs> Michael Jordan. When he was gone, but, but he was so good. It was like, it's like, uh, I mean, yeah, they got Hakeem though. Like, yeah. you can't really fault him for that. Um, I would probably, I'm gonna get some heat for this. 2011 Mavs, a little bit fraudulent. So I'm benching the Rockets, cutting the Mavs. I mean, like if LeBron doesn't score 11 points in one of those games, do they win that series? I feel like if Dirk the Heat got another shot at him, in the last five minutes. If the Heat got another shot at him in a seven-game series, like those rosters as constructed at the time, all players in their prime and everything, I. I think that was a little bit fluky. It's not how sports works, Kyle. And I say this as a lifelong Mavs fan. It's a Mavs fan for life. Yeah, I've got the shirt. Even yeah. <laughs> uh, the one Mavs game I went to, I got the T-shirt toss. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, what's the worst? Uh, we're gonna ask this a different way. What's your favorite drinking game from uh, your college days? Or least favorite, depending on how it uh, hurts you. I think it was called like boom or something. Boom. Was, you you would like bounce a ping pong. So there's there's two sets of cups. Uh-huh. One of them is just one cup, and the other one progressively is a stack of cups, and you have to like bounce a ping pong ball off the table, and it lands in either the cup if that's what's in front of you, or the stack of cups if that's what's in front of you, and like if you get lapped or caught up to then you have to drink and that's how you add to the other stack of cups so it gets harder and harder as there's like 20 cups or whatever that one was pretty fun never played that one we did king's, I think it's just called boom king's cup yeah i like king's cup that was a good one um we played beer pong a lot <laughs> flip flip cup flip cup so uh getting another gouges i went to lcu we couldn't go to the bars <laughs> we had to party in secrecy so, uh, house party games quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, let's see. He was, he was trying to get, I think, a drinking drunk story. And I don't know that those, uh, getting another gauchos need to be told. No, that'll be on the Patreon someday. Maybe. Yeah. I feel like I have worse ones than you too. Probably. No comment. <laughs> maybe we're more alike than I think. Uh, if a recruit says, I want a taste of Texas, would you do barbecue or Tex-Mex? I would take him to Rojino Barbecue and get the tacos. <laughs> yeah. We're good at the uh, sponsor plugs there. That's a good question. Man, I really don't know. Those are like two co-equal pillars Yeah, on which you're – Entire food profile stands upon. We've got lunch and dinner. That's it. Like, surely it's not just one meal. Yeah. If a recruit's here for the weekend, you have multiple opportunities. So, both. You're in Las Vegas and need to turn 10K into 80K fast. What is this? A rain man? Uh, which picador are you choosing to get you at the blackjack table? 
Kyle Jacobson. He's not a Picador, but that's who I'm choosing. See, if it was 10K to 80K anyway, I'm doing Steven Smith or Steven Stevens. Steven Stevens. Because I don't know how he did this, but he would just do random like 50 to 1 parlays all college football season and hit him. I was like, what are you? You're like the best. You're the sharpest better I've ever known. And he like doesn't do any reason. He's like, yeah, I just, you know, picked six or seven teams. It's like they would catch. Blackjack, probably me. Me, myself, and I. Yeah. Maybe Briggsy. I bet he knows his way around a blackjack table. When you gave me the it's not cheating speech on counting cards, I knew you were the one. <laughs> it's not. If you could add one former player to the current Texas Rangers roster, who would it be? And why would it be Neftali Feliz? Yeah, I think you'd go closer. You go 2010 Neftali Feliz? 2011 Neftali Feliz? How about Alexi, bullpen Alexi Ogando? Who was the, um, I tuned out of the Rangers there for a while. Um, Ubaldi Jimenez. Ubaldo. Yeah. That sounds Didn't familiar. You have a good closer. This was like 2012 or something. Neftali Feliz? No, it wasn't him. I don't think. How about A-Rod? Hey, don't need him, but yeah. Back in his prime. You can find a spot for him to stand. Well, I'm afraid I mean, yeah, he couldn't help with your bullpen. I'm but... afraid it'd be third base. <laughs> no, no, not third base. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You could play shortstop here. Yeah, you could DH. Yeah, or short, second, whatever. Yeah, but then Corey Seager's not. I mean, um, just find somewhere for the, everybody to stand. Marcus Simeon bats over 500 with runners in scoring position right now. The Rangers surpassed good? the Rays as the most um, most runs scored in Major League Baseball. That's legit. That is legit. Uh, Jimenez was a starter. Rangers got him on his decline, but he was all right. I do not remember him, Jimenez, I guess. No, okay, now it's going to bother me. I'm going to look up the guy that I'm thinking of. That, na- that name sounds familiar, but not... I don't think that was his name. You had Eric Gagne as a starter, Joe Nathan as a closer. I mean, Gagne as a closer, past his prime. Nathan as a closer. Neftal Feliz as a closer. Um, Let's see here. Sergio Romo. Emmanuel Clause lately. Maybe it just was Neftali Feliz, and I'm not remembering. Feliz was the guy who struck out A-Rod in the playoffs. He was your closer in the World Series runs. It was probably him. Alexi Ogando. They tried to make him a starter. They tried to make Neftali Feliz a starter. John Daniels and Nolan Ryan were trying to make all of your good arms starters for a while, and it was ruining your roster. Uh, let's see. Is a combined no-no more indicative of the pitchers or the hitters? Indicative. Uh, I would say the hitters. How about Cole Hamels? Yeah. I'm down for any of the starters. Cole Hamels, uh, Hollywood Hamels, Cliff Lee. Any of those guys. You Darvish? I love you, Darvish. I was so sad when he left. I almost just called him Dice K Matsuzaka. Different guy, a couple years later. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure the guy I'm thinking of is Neftali Feliz, and I just thought his name was different. If you so could that's on me. If you could make one rule change in college football, what would it be? No, not C.J. Wilson, Tad. Don't even say that. I would change the targeting rules. It would be like a flagrant. There'd be two levels for like an obviously malicious or late hit out of bounds. Yes. Versus some of these were pretty much everybody watching neutral parties. Fans of both teams are like, okay, this doesn't warrant an ejection. Like you give a guy a warning, maybe it's a five-yard penalty or an automatic first down spot of the foul. But quit ejecting guys for like accidentally kind of running into each other when there's clearly not malicious intent. I know we want to take those hits out of the game. And there are times when like a quarterback is sliding and a guy clearly launches toward his head. Maybe that still warrants an ejection or it does still warrant an ejection. Some of these other ones that are like bang, bang. And I don't think the defender's trying to do anything wrong. Penalize them. Sure. Like let's again, try to reinforce that We're trying to take those hits out of the game. Yeah. But quit ejecting everybody for every targeting call. Like let's make a targeting one and a targeting two and allow for a little bit of discretion here. Agreed. I would agree. I think I would have gone with something else before you said that, but now that you say that, that's all I'm thinking of. The other one would be also to mirror the NFL, move back the extra point. It's just a waste of time Ooh. right now. It's, it's yeah. an automatic one point. Haley says the fake injury non-enforcement rule. Oh, I would also change the overtime rules. Starting in field goal range is stupid. Yeah. Start them at the 40. You have to earn three points. You have to earn seven points. Agreed. Starting at the 25, you gash them for one run. It's your, you know, first and goal. I, I think that's kind of stupid. So what's, there's three. What's your hat size? Seven and three-eighths. You got seven and five-eighths or seven and three-quarters, depending on the size. I think this is a five-eighths. D- depends on the haircut, too. Yeah, I'm more three-quarters right now. I had long hair for a while, and when I finally cut it, yeah, all my hats that are you know that you could adjust. I was like, man, these are loose. <laughs> I had to go down a button. Yeah. What's something most people don't know about goats? What's something most people don't know about goats? Was that the question? Yes. Shoot. We're about halfway through, by the way. I don't think I, I probably don't know anything about goats that, uh, that everybody else doesn't already know. The, the young ones are called kids. Yeah. I thought people already knew that. Maybe so. If you buy a goat, it's about 250 bucks. Really? Yeah. Might need to buy me a goat. Uh, Ryan says, "Is it gonna? Is it gonna rain?" The CJ says, "John Wetland, bringing uh, John Wetland back." Was John Rocker? Did he have a stint with the Rangers? I think so. A small one. Bring him home. You big, <laughs> you a big John Rocker guy. Yeah, big John Rocker guy. Uh, how good would this Tech team be with its current lineup and last year's pitching staff? Is this lineup better than last year's? Yeah. How good would the 2020 team be, period? Yeah. That's what I want back. I do think so, especially with where your pitching was. So Morris and Birdsell are better than anybody you've had this year. Yeah. And Chase Hampton at the end of last year is better than anybody you have this year. 
So I would say all three of your starting pitchers on last year's team would be better than this year's. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, so I guess you had a healthy Derek Bridges last year. Who yeah. else was kind of like your main guys out of the bullpen? Girton until he got hurt. Divine pitched a lot. Yeah. Beckel pitched a lot. He just wasn't as good. Is your bullpen mostly the same? Yeah. Well, you had um, you had uh, Becker, Austin Becker. He was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, not not used as much until the end, and then he was kind of your main guy. Yeah. So yeah, I would I would take this team's lineup and last year's pitching. I think that would probably be the best combo of the two squads. In honor of the new Dr Pepper float Bluebell flavor, what's your favorite limited time offer Bluebell? His are blackberry cobbler and oatmeal cream pie. Can I say a confession? Yeah. Don't eat Bluebell. Don't buy Bluebell. Can't answer the question. I was looking for that Dr. Pepper flavor today and they didn't have it. Sold out. So I went with the old reliable, the great divide. You know, we're divided enough in this country, Rob. It's sad that our ice cream is divided, but Mm -hmm. it's good flavor. Do you scoop across ways or do you get a scoop of each? Yeah, no, I like like a little bit of both. Like a swirl. I think I honestly think you're psycho. If like you take a tub of Great Divide and you like only eat the vanilla side, you're weird. Like just get vanilla ice cream and then get chocolate ice cream. But like you're supposed to. Anyway, I I don't know if I do a lot of special edition ice cream. I don't think I can answer this one either. Start bench cut root beer float, Coke float, Dr Pepper float. Start root beer float, bench Dr. Pepper float, cut Coke float. Cutting root beer, I hate root beer. Not a bigger root beer guy. I don't like that flavor. Your your initials are RB. That's true. Doesn't stand for root beer, apparently. Nope. Your initials are KJ, but uh, you're not going to... Yeah, never mind. (laughs) There's not a lot you can do with K. No. I was trying to kill somebody and... You wouldn't kill anybody, so I didn't want to say it. Uh, when it comes to severe weather, where do you draw the line between fascinating and terrifying things flying by my head? Yeah, if I can see it, fascinating. If I'm in it, terrifying. Like, I've been on the porch looking at a storm sill slash tornado, and I'm like, oh, I can see that off in the distance a few miles. That's, But, like, if I was in the middle of a tornado, obviously... That's a little different. Same with like a hailstorm. People have always post pictures of hail online. You're like, wow, that's incredible. But like if there was a grapefruit piece of hail in my backyard, that would be a little bit different. If the Picadors were a football team, who would be the quarterback? Me. Can I be your center? Yeah. Just to clarify, we'd be in the shotgun on every single snap. No, we wouldn't. Yeah. Would you take missing the tournament in, ba- in baseball in a guaranteed spot in the Supers if it meant you were either... Okay, see, I refuse this question because both of these are good. I don't understand the question. How can you make a Super if you miss right, the tournament? Right, if you miss the tournament. Let's say this. Would you take missing the tournament in baseball if it meant you were guaranteed a men's golf natty next week or a men's track title next month? Okay, rephrase again. I don't understand. Would you 
Would you miss, okay, would you miss the baseball tournament, period, flat out, no chance, if it meant you won a national championship in either golf or track? No, I'm rolling the dice because you're going to be one of the three or four favorites yeah. in track as is. Agreed. I don't want you to lose your baseball streak. There are a few baseball questions, by the way, that I've skipped. We'll answer in the midweek. One of them's about the food at the tournament. Uh, which picador is most likely to use magic to pick up ladies at the bar? <laughs> I'd go Maddie. <laughs> I'll go Bill Walton's kid. Oh, you think so? Is it card trick or like pulling flowers out of his sleeve? What do you think he's got? No, actually, I'll go. The I'll go, Mister Root. Oh, Mr. I'm, go, I'm going Root. <laughs> uh, maybe so. I can't say Bill Walton's kid because if I mention him, he'll just say rent free, and that he's, he's my Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. He is your Super Bowl. Uh, what's your favorite standard emoji to use as a reaction? I know this oh, one. Yeah. The surprise <laughs> face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do that one a lot. He trolls me with the surprise face because I don't like it. Um, Either that or just like the laugh cry emoji. Yeah, that's what I use mostly. Or the salute. Yeah, salute is good. Start bench cut The Rock, Batista, and John Cena as actors. Oh, I think The Rock is pretty good as an actor. I almost want to start Batista as an actor. Bench the Rock, cut John Cena. John Cena is actually pretty good as well. Yeah, I'm benching Cena, and I don't know who Bautista is. Bautista, have you seen Guardians of the Galaxy? Nope. Okay, and then uh, start bench cut them as wrestlers. Same order, I guess. Bautista is the guy that came out. He had the the sun ring around his belly button, and he would go like that in his opening thing. The Bautista no bomb. I would start The Rock and bench John Cena as wrestlers. I might start Batista as an actor, though. On a scale of 1 to 10, how excited is Kyle for football season? I don't even get this question. It's just to you. Off the charts, man. One million. One million. Who would you... What Look, I'll say this. Okay. I'll say this. All right. You don't start a countdown to kick off at 134 days and then count down to 13 other teams kick off yeah. starting at 108 days or 111 days, whatever we did, if you're not pretty jazzed for football season. It's true. Uh, let's see. The, the last question in here was, what two interviews would you recommend to new patrons? It's a good question. I would go Sonny Cumbie and Matt Mooney. Hard to argue with either of those. Rodney Blackshear. Rodney Blackshear was a lot of fun. I think Cody Campbell and Dusty Womble sort of like combined, just having the perspective of somebody who's oh, those a regent, great. Yeah. who's involved with pushing the program forward. I, I kind of lumped them in the same bucket. So I'll, I'll say Blackshear and then the Campbell-Womble interview. All right, final thoughts? Is that Marco hey, in the background? 
That is Marco, yeah. Do you miss my dogs? I do. I liked your dogs. I don't ever remember the second one's name after I say Marco, though, because it's just Marco Polo to me. Yeah, my mom made the same joke. <laughs> well, it's not a hard joke to make. Uh, my final thought is a Norwegian proverb, since we're talking about dogs. You shouldn't judge a dog by its hairs. I don't think I can top that, Kyle. When do you Try. want? When do you want to practice our snaps? Um, we need to do it sometime soon-ish. Because if there's like a tailgate pickup game, yeah, we're gonna have to be ready to go. Well, we'll be hanging out uh, at the end of June. Which, by the way, there's a video online. People need to be careful about misinformation. There are two videos circulating online. One of them is me throwing a perfectly tied spiral right at the target outside the Jones. Mm -hmm. And then a deep fake was created. Total misinformation. It's not a real video showing so you, me just yeah, throwing it in the yeah, dirt under straight, the target. Yeah, straight in the ground. So be careful what you see out there. I'll bring my 2014 flag football intramural championship t-shirt on the podcast next time. So everybody knows I can spin it. And, uh, yeah, be careful. Be careful believing everything you see on the internet out there. Amen. All right. <clears throat> see you next uh, Wednesday. Don't we play Wednesday? Yeah. Do you want to record Thursday? Tuesday? We'll play Thursday, too, if we win. Well, we win or lose. We'll, we'll, we'll play, play it by, by ear. ear. Oh, shoot. You know what? Here's my final thought. We're doing a virtual tour of the Big 12, and we're committed to that on Wednesday. So we're going to have to record whilst the baseball game is going on. Oh, that's true. Okay. Who's we're that? Going do, you to, do you want to say who it is? We're going to Cincinnati to virtually eat some Skyline chili, talk about, I think, one of the more natural fits in the new Big 12 new head coach, highest-ranked recruiting class in the Big 12 right now for 2024. Not on the schedule this year, which everybody couldn't be. But, uh, yeah, we just want to introduce our listeners to kind of the state of the program at every other Big 12 school. And so we're starting in Cincinnati. We'll get to every Big 12 opponent, Big 12 member by the end of the offseason season. And so we hope everybody will tune in for that. Very exciting. All right. So we'll see you Wednesday for sure. Yep. Don't judge a dog by its hairs. Love y'all.